0: Everything's waiting for you, you just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan, this is the Get Off The Bench Podcast, and here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench Podcast. And this episode is fantastic, but I think I say that about all of them, but this one is about how you can make a difference just by tick, tick, ticking on your computer and you can change the life of somebody somewhere else in the world who desperately needs it. So today I'm talking to Sarah Dow, who has started the social enterprise Asante, and it is bloody fantastic. So let me tell you about it. Sarah Dow spent several years working across East Africa for organisations tackling extreme poverty. Time and time again, she witnessed the frustrations that charities face when programs that are making a positive impact are halted due to lack of funding. Living back in Australia, she simultaneously saw the power of social enterprise. The simple link between purchasing products from a social enterprise – and these brands financially supporting charities provided that continuation of funding that was so often missing. Sarah saw an opportunity to find and support grassroots social enterprises and create a marketplace where consumers could genuinely make a positive impact in the world simply through the products they bought. This was the birth of Asante, an online platform for brands that give back with a purpose to inspire consumers to have a positive impact through everyday purchases. Asante is Swahili for thank you. This language is spoken by tens of millions of people across East Africa, crossing borders and bringing people together from a host of nations. Asante was chosen in the spirit of uniting Australians with the people of developing countries and sharing in a common goal to make our world a better place. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Karen. My absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing absolutely love it thank you thank you it's in the early stages but hopefully it grows into something well and we have to start somewhere don't we that's the i was saying on another podcast you know people see these overnight successes supposedly but they never are they've always started from something small you know and grown and we can't we start small as ourselves as humans don't we we can't just be you know magnificent uh, adults within (laughs) straight away no it takes takes time that's for sure it does you're um you we're going to get right into it and talk about Asante and talk about you know all of your experiences but You know, I know that you're a person who, you know, sort of plays it down a little bit, you know, I'm not doing anything that great and but you you um we're going to talk about it you kind of trudged yourself off to Africa you know not knowing what to expect well I'm going to tell you that takes one hell of a gutsy person to just you know up and leave and land in the middle of Africa and say well here I am and sort of hope to god things work out so I think that's incredibly courageous really courageous and then to come out the other end saying well you know things aren't things aren't good in this world and each of us can make a difference and I I applaud you for you know just well for backing yourself first but for you know like there'd be really big steps you've taken so why don't we get into it what do you reckon sounds good sounds good (laughs) you're just looking at me like no I haven't done anything (laughs) special (laughs) Uh -uh. Uh, I think you're amazing so um you're on this quest to make the world a better place, you know. You and, and rightly so, because we're we're in a bit of a pickle, you know, and there's a lot of things that could be done a hell of a lot better. And whether it's the government's responsibility or our responsibility or whether we all need to just pick our game up, you know, it's a it's a shame that we've allowed the planet, you know, to be and humanity to to, to fall in so many areas. But you're you're certainly on your um, I guess you know, you you're but you're you're belting out your path, you know, to make a difference. Were you like that as a kid? Um,
1: I I actually had quite a profound moment when I was about nine years old. So yeah. um until that point, um I had quite a happy childhood and and things were quite stable. Um and at nine we took our first trip internationally. And that's uh until that point, I think I believe the whole world was like Australia. Yeah. um and I got a bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> so I saw poverty for the first time um, with my own two eyes and that was quite had quite a profound effect on me. Um, I remember seeing people begging in the streets and, and kids in rags and I was in quite a lot of shock and I and I felt overwhelmed and I really felt outraged that the adults weren't didn't seem to be doing anything about it um and I think that really planted the seed for me that this was there was some big problems out there and, and I wanted to do something about it um, and that just sort of grew from when I was a child
0: mm. so nine years old landing in Malaysia thinking that you're going to a five-star resort probably yeah that's probably what you had in your head yeah like Australia and you see all this poverty but you know and you you say that you are outraged like do do you think that's profound for a nine year old? Do you think that most nine year olds would be thinking, "I'm bloody outraged <laughs> with all these kids in rags"? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe
1: maybe not. That's not a normal reaction. Um, but it certainly was for me. And uh, mm. and I'm actually really glad that that happened. If I had never experienced it, it wouldn't have shaped me into the person I am today. So I'm very grateful that my parents showed me that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and I bet that was inadvertent. I bet they didn't mean to show you that. They, they were, certainly weren't planning, let's take Sarah to Malaysia and dump her in the middle of a poverty-stricken area and let's see if we can shake her up, you know. They're probably just, no. the poor buggers were probably just taking you on a holiday and uh, then you've come back with this big um, I'm saving the world you know, rant <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, what have we done? Yeah,
1: I think it was a bit like that. Who is this, well, where is this going to lead? What's our daughter going to do? So... <laughs> yes, that's sort of where it all began. Well,
0: it sounds like you have this innate kindness, you know, it, it, like that you were born with this uh, feeling that, that that there should be justice and there should be fairness in the world and that people are people, no matter what their situation and, you know, they, they deserve to have as... I was going to say it's good a life I mean I guess there's always going to be relevance you know to where you live and to to how how good the government is and how good our job situation is and everything else but at least we all deserve to live a life that's you know not begging for food and and that we should all have clothes on our back and that we should all have somewhere warm and safe to sleep at night you know I I guess these are we we can basic basic human rights yeah basic human right Yeah, yeah exactly and it's not the case all around the world, you, you know, and it's uh, it should be. It, this I think you know you're probably as outraged as me. Is what 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 annoys me so much is that there actually is enough money, enough resources, and enough food and enough water in the entire world, you know, that every single human being can be living a decent life. Do you, you know? It's comparable to where you live, but every single human being should have their basic rights covered and because of I guess I'm going to have my rant you know the greed and the selfishness and the you know narrow-mindedness of some people that are in um, situations of making decisions you know there are so many there, there are millions and millions who are um, struggling so so those people have outraged an innocent nine-year-old <laughs> without even knowing it. That nine-year-old should become a, you know, Prime Minister and start ranting a fist. But <laughs> like, and, and so what happened then? You came home when you were nine and outraged. Did would you start telling everyone at school, I'm going to change the world or what, what happened there? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I was on the, do you remember the
1: old 40-hour famine with World yeah. Vision? Yeah, I was yeah. on that and... And I was, you name it, if there was a, a charity event, I was part of it. And always my family and friends were giving me money for this and that. Um <laughs> that was all, all I could really do at that age. Um, but yeah, I was kind of busting to do more when I got older, definitely.
0: Yeah. And then you um so you you went on to be a nurse and then um because that was well you are you're obviously a supporting kind of nature, you know, a caring empath, you know, I'm just gonna look after people. And so you did your nurse nursing, but but then what happened that you ended up saying, screw the nursing? I'm I'm just gonna go off and save the world and be ultra courageous, you know, and not care about my own safety. I mean, most people don't do what you did, but so what happened that led you to going to Africa and walking away from nursing and yeah, so I finished my uni degree. Um, I do
1: still nurse. I, you know, I need that oh, to get bills. <laughs> um, but I finished my uni degree um, and I was about 20. And around that time, um, I also lost my dad to cancer, which was quite devastating. Um, we were really close and he really understood me. And he used to joke that um, I never have any money because I was going to give it away trying to save the world. <laughs> It was right. So that sort of now I was 20, I was like, I really want to get over to Africa and actually see firsthand what these communities are facing um, and try and understand it and if I can just make a small difference. So um, I started in South Africa. I volunteered with an organisation which was basically uh, in the slums of Cape Town and it was a daycare centre, but it was more like a, a little tin shed and it had a few teachers uh, trying to entertain these preschoolers all day, singing songs and playing with them and um, just so that the parents could go out and try and earn some money. So I did that for a couple of months and I, and I loved it. I, just, I was just where I was meant to be. Um, but at the same time, it was quite... It was very confronting for a 20-year-old. Um, there was a lot of racism, inequality. It was quite dangerous. Um, I got mugged at knife point. Which wow. really Gave my mum a heart attack back in Australia. Um, but it was just a really good trip for me to see that I couldn't fix the whole world and there was a lot of problems. But, um, you know, I made a, a little bit of difference to those kids' lives and, and that was sort of the beginning um of more travel in Africa.
0: Um so so did, did were you like you it is the crime capital, you know, like um South Africa's not not good for that sort of stuff. And you, you're getting mugged at knife point, you know, <laughs> you're twenty. How was there any point there you thought, oh I'm getting back on a plane, you know, like stuff this I, you know I'm not I can't make a difference I'm coming home were you did you did you reach that point um I don't think I did because I realized you
1: know the guys that mugged me were probably 15 or 16 and they were in a desperate situation and I put myself in a in a silly situation by walking home alone one night so that was that was my I felt that was my era not theirs um but I certainly felt that maybe I didn't want to go back to South Africa in particular. I wanted to explore some other countries that were maybe a bit safer and there wasn't that racial divide. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the racism in South Africa is, and the crime is is quite hard, you know, quite a difficult challenge to work with. So I sort of felt that other countries in Africa where I guess you don't have the black versus white and you, you have sort of um more community that was maybe where I wanted to spend my time
0: yeah yeah well you're very you're very kind because most people wouldn't be blaming um <laughs> excusing 15 year olds for uh mugging you and in and, and actual fact you're very lucky that's all that happened to you but um yes and you <laughs> you met but but I want to get on to the other countries in a minute because we'll we'll do it as a timeline because it's so damn exciting. Um, but while you were in in South Africa, you met a lovely uh, woman from Malawi, Malawi, and I always get that wrong, Malawi. And and tell us more about her because she's she's. Really given you a, a nice bullet up your bum, didn't she? Really, real inspiration to do more. And
1: yeah, yeah. So one of the teachers at the daycare center was a Malawian woman um named Dialis And um yeah, fortunately, we, we kept in contact for quite a few years. And when I was back in Australia, I met my husband and got married and, and got on with life, but she was always in my mind. And mm. eventually she made her way back to Malawi and purchased a block of land and she had this dream of opening her own daycare centre. So uh, my husband was quite curious to see Africa and quite keen to make a difference as well. So we had this kind of uh, moment when we we said, let's go over, let's fly to Malawi and see this block of land. We walked on the land with this, this lady, Dylas, and her husband and her kids and my husband says, I've got this crazy idea. Let's let's go home to Australia. Let's fundraise and let's move to Malawi for a year and build a daycare center. Oh,
0: wow! What do wow. you think of that?
1: Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, completely blown away. Um, I thought he was crazy, uh, but it was kind of like, why not? What have we got yeah. to lose? Um, yeah. It was, it's a very different country Malawi to South Africa it's in the east of Africa and not a lot of people know it. it's very small um the average Malawian farms the land and lives a very simple life so it felt somewhere like somewhere we would like to spend some time um so yeah we we came home we saved for two years because we knew we wouldn't have an income for a year we worked really hard we pulled off Three big fundraisers with our family and friends. Huh? Um, they all thought we were a bit crazy, but they gave us money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we moved to Malawi. We spent six months building the daycare centre on this block of land, working with the village people, and um, and then uh, we opened with hundred preschoolers. Wow!
0: Yeah. Andium.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then we spent another six months um, working with this Malawian family and making sure that it was independent and sustainable. Um, And it's now been open six years and it's completely (gasps) independent from ongoing aid. So it was a roaring success. How
0: are their wages paid or, you you know, like? Did yeah. the kids pay money to go there or is it self self-sustaining? Yeah, or? so
1: it's self-sustaining. So the whole the whole point of it was that we didn't want to build a daycare center that would fall apart as soon as we left. So we worked with the people in the village and the parents came up with the fees that they thought was fair and it was low enough that the parents could afford to send their kids there but high enough to pay the teachers and buy food and keep the centre running. So it was all sort of um, driven by the community, which was really which was really great. And I think that's why it's been a
0: success. That's fantastic. And it's six years later, I mean, you know, and they're still running it themselves. And that that's evidence that it's a beautifully oh, set-up, sustainable system, you know, that it, that it really is going to look after itself. And I love that you're saying get the community to you know, to to take responsibility for it. And that's, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of, um, and I'm guilty of it, you know, because I, I run One Planet Classrooms. I founded that and we do a lot of work in um, Uganda. And it's, um, you know, you've got to be very careful because there can be a lot of people who want to hand out and, and we're trying very hard and I have been guilty of giving handouts, to, you know, and we've we've got to be a lot more focused on hand up, you know, and, and that, that sort of saying come from a friend of mine who runs Heartprint in Cambodia is about, you know, trying to get people, give them a hand up, get, get them started so that they can uh, get themselves going. So I think you've done a better job than me because I've started a few and. Yeah, but we just haven't been as disciplined, you know, in, in getting that whole sustainability thing going. But some of we have got some great projects that are sustainable. But I think I need to take a leaf out of your book and be be a bit more, bit more, yeah, disciplined about it. But you know, after you, so then you've um come back. Like, let's say you've built the the childcare day center, daycare center, and and then you've taught them how to do it. And then you've come back. Yeah. And then what? Then did you? Have you had more plans? Do you just keep thinking, oh, I'm going to go back to Africa and build another daycare centre? Like do these thoughts come up in your mind all the time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Africa is is now very embedded in both my husband and mine's hearts. It, it feels like really? home. Um, and I guess we know the model works uh, and we could go on to, to do more daycare centres. A lot of it comes down to the family you work with though, you know, we trust them completely, we educated them completely. It was never our daycare centre, it was always theirs. So I don't know if it would work in another country or another village, um, but I guess I also had this realisation that perhaps there's a reason that I was born in Australia and and I have a university education and I'm safe and I have spare income. Perhaps there's something that I could be doing from Australia um, that could be making a difference over there mm. um so that's really was the beginning of Asante. um and and when I sort of began learning about social enterprises
0: and so we'll let so Asanti so you came back to Australia and you know like after you built and you're seeing I guess that's where your eyes were open to social enterprise you started to put two and two together you know that oh wait a minute yeah I'm earning money you know businesses if I have a or businesses who are social enterprises are putting a certain profit, you know, part of their profit towards helping um, less fortunate in whatever in whatever way that that might be. So, you you, at well, what point did you decide? Well, I could do that. You like because you you've gone back to nursing, you know, to keep like back and forth to nursing by the sound of it, and and, and it's kind of like you seeing that other people are doing so- social enterprise. What was it that made you say, well, I'm going to do a social enterprise?
1: Like, um, I think uh, it, it began with the the brand's thank you. I'm sure you've yeah, heard of yeah. thank you.
0: If
1: your listeners, listeners haven't, basically they're a brand that started with bottled water and instead of uh, putting the profits into making their company larger and they would would put their profits into uh, building wells in developing countries. So it was like buy a bottle of water and we're going to give water to people that need it. And it was just started by this group of uni guys and I read their book and I bought their products and I was just, it just made sense to me, you know, like it's such a simple concept, whatever, you know, you buy a product that we need anyway And then instead of it lining the pockets of a CEO's uh, company, those profits go back into charities making change. Um, It's the same with Who Gives a Crap. They're another really great company with toilet paper, building uh, toilet facilities for people in developing countries. So I started thinking that these can't be the only two. Mm. Um, And I started on a bit of a research business planning journey and I thought, there must be more of these companies out there, more smaller ones that people haven't heard of who are, who are doing good. And I, and I found them. Yep. <laughs> and that was a really exciting moment for me. I found, um, you know, a, a pad and tampon company where they put their profits into educating girls in Sierra Leone and all these fantastic brands that nobody's probably heard of, but they're, they're actually putting their profits into making a change. And, I thought, what if I could, I can't be the only one that wants to buy these products Mm. and they're quite difficult to find. So I thought, what if I could create an online store where all these products are in one place and you can find them, purchase them and make a difference with things that you probably need to buy anyway. So that's where the idea for Asante
0: came. I love it. Absolutely love it. And, And it's good. I agree with you because if you... To, to go out looking, sometimes you do get, even though you know it's good and it's better for the planet, you do get sometimes. uh, I can't be bothered buying from there and there, and you, you know it's like. Yeah. So you just go to the supermarket and you just buy, you, you know, bypass all of that because of the effort. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but I'm saying in a busy world, that, that, that's yeah. what happens. So you've got this online platform, and you're bringing all these products you know, together so that people can just buy multiple you know products from all these different places on, on your platform. I think that's fantastic. And you started that well, only last year actually, 2020, and you you so you you did the startup Gippsland um program. Yeah. What we did you, did you have a, already have the idea in your mind, and then you saw Startup Gippsland and thought, ah, that's what I can do to really give that a good push? Is that what happened? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Because you know, I, I'm a, I am a nurse, not a business owner. Well, I wasn't, yep. Um, and we'd had success in Malawi with the daycare center, but I didn't know anything about running a business, so um, yeah, I was really lucky to be chosen to, for Startup Gippsland, and they sort of talked through. whole idea and how are you going to make profit and what's the message and what's your values and just things that you you hadn't thought of and made this sort of really solid business plan and then it was a three-month course and uh i opened in november
0: last year so fantastic and it's um so you're still nursing before you said you're still nursing to pay the bills and i think this is a really important concept because you, you know, for for example, you go and do Startup Gippsland and, and, and there's an other startup programs, you know, there's RMIT and there's all sorts of other startup programs. The, the, there can be a, a, th- a thought, I'm going to go and do this program and when I come out the other end, I'm going to set up a business and that's all I'm going to do. And I, I think mm-hmm. that um, there can be a lot of pressure in people's own minds to think that, you know, I have to have one job or the other, you know, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, I want to start a business, but I can't just jump ship, you know, because you've got to build the damn thing. You have to start somewhere. You have to start with one, one customer, one product, you know, one sales like that sort of stuff. You can't, well, some people might, some people jump ahead really quick, but it's not, it's not very common. And so I always, people say, but I can't, you know, I I have to do nursing or I have to do Asante, you know, but it's I always say, well, just do four days of nursing and just do one day of Asante, you know, and slowly grow grow it or do two hours every night or, you know, something. like You can actually do that and eventually it switches over, you know, eventually you do more and more in your business as it grows. But tell us more about... um, uh, well social enterprise just just in case anybody's listening and they don't really understand the concept of it just give us i think we already explained it but give us yeah. a bit more of a
1: basically the way i'd like to describe it is um social enterprises are businesses that intentionally trade to tackle social or remote or environmental problems so that basically the reason for their business is the cause. Whether that's cleaning up the ocean, whether that's educating girls, that's the reason they're open. It's not an afterthought. It's not a side thing. It's like we are we are making bamboo toothbrushes and we are giving profits to clean up the oceans. That's why we exist. So they're brands with conscience.
0: Conscience. Conscience. Yeah. 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 You know, I nearly wasn't going to ask you that question. I nearly wasn't going to ask you to explain it because we had covered it. You know, giving the percentage of profits. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad I did ask you because that is a much, that's a really, really clear definition and a really lovely definition of a social enterprise. And I love that. You know, that they, they exist simply to do that. So their why is incredibly strong. The why is so so powerful. And and it, and we need a lot more organizations and I wish some of the big corporates would um just chip a little bit more of their profit into helping the world become better because we certainly need it. Now Asante supports grassroots social enterprises so which, which we've already um said and and when I, I I've got it in front of me because I don't want to bugger this up but you've got all these um uh brands that you're supporting that you're hosting on your website And all of them have a, uh, donate 50% of their profits or they have a buy one, give one um, policy. So is that intentional? Do you intentionally find those? um, Yeah, so I wanted to make Asante quite strict. Um, I'm
1: sure that you're aware there's a lot of greenwashing and a lot of, oh, we do this for the world from companies and a lot of it is a bit of bull.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: so i I set the bar quite high. i I wanted the businesses to actually show proof that they were giving fifty percent or more of their profits to a cause,, yeah. or they do this buy one, give one model. so um, and the, these that sort of shows me that it's it's not five cents from every purchase. It's actually a substantial amount of money, yeah. and that's the reason for them operating. So, I guess that's kept the, the field quite narrow. We've got uh, 13 brands and about 40 products, but I'm hoping that's going to grow. And um, And they've, they've responded really well to that. So that's been my criteria. Yeah. And um, so far it's it's going really well.
0: So when you, when you uh, do you approach uh, businesses, you know, and say, would you like to be part of this? You know, I've got this website. Do, do some of them say, oh, geez, you're demanding. Uh, yeah well if if they don't if
1: they don't meet that criteria then I usually don't approach them and I've had brands approach me saying can I be featured on your website but they might might only give five percent and unfortunately yeah it's it's a bit of a risky business move maybe I don't know but I'm setting the bar high and I'm hoping that's going to encourage other businesses to do to do to follow suit
0: yeah, It might be setting the bar high and you might be missing out on some, except I, I think that you're doing the right thing. This is just my core core belief system, you know, is that I think that um, we're very good at, human beings are very good at pleasing everybody and not wanting to rock the boat, and, you know, and we we, um, we sell our souls, you know, far too often because that, uh, well, I'll just, just nudge this out here and there. When you get people that absolutely say, no absolutely not this is my box you know and I'm not budging from well this is like this is my lane is probably better I'm staying in my own lane and if you want to join me this is what it is I actually think that's way better because human beings also love boundaries do you you know what you know they they love well that's what's expected and you know I, I will or I won't do it I think it's fantastic and do you you know the other thing is about each of your products or each of your um no it's not the companies it's each product every single product is um contributing to at least three of the SDGs which is the sustainable development goals set by the UN and are they um is that part of your criteria as well like they have to be satisfying yeah. at those three yeah
1: yeah so I'm I'm really passionate about the 2030 goals I think um they really map out the path that we all need to collectively take if we're going to get through some of these problems that our world's facing. Um, But I also found that a lot of people don't know anything about the 2030 goals. So I thought I could use Asante as an educational platform um, to teach people that they can actually play a role as an individual in trying to reach them. So um, for instance, if you buy a candle from our our website, we have a company called Good Francis, and they're working towards three goals. Um, And for every candle you buy, they donate a solar lamp to a child living without electricity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's targeting um, number four, because that's quality education. That's that allows a child to study at night when it's getting dark and they would normally not be able to do that. Yep. And also number 7 and 12 which is around renewable energy and reducing emissions because you're not having this kerosene lamp in in the child's home with their family um which is you know dangerous for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that those three, you know, that brand is targeting those three. Um and then every single brand we have is working towards three um, that are specific to them and by by you purchasing that product, you're contributing to getting to those 2030 goals. Yeah, I really believe that, you know, as you said before, relying on our governments, relying on our global leaders to reach the 2030 goals is not perhaps working as well as it should be. So it's up to all of us collectively to work towards them and we can do
0: that through our buying choices. So, well, that's actually the most powerful way we can get to them. You know, to affect these goals. Now, a couple of couple of things just to make, clarify for a few people. Um, there's a lot of people that that want to help and want to do good, right? But there's you know, like if I said to somebody, um, you know, or someone said to me, oh, I'd love to buy solar lamps for kids in Africa, but I've got no damn clue how to do it. These kind of mediums are, are giving people an altruistic channel you know you know to go do great things without even leaving your seat you know like oh I just get on my computer and tip tack tack and then next thing I've bought a solar lamp for a kid in Africa you know this is such a powerful way to contribute you know without that feeling of helplessness and feeling like oh I've got to travel to Africa and you know I've got to you you know it's such a I love it so much. And the other thing that you said about there is the 2030 goals. I just want to clarify so that people who are not aware of, you know, these goals understand. So um, Sarah talked about, you know, uh, supporting the the 2030 goals. So the UN came out with uh, 17 sustainable development goals that um, they, well, they, I guess their goal was that they would be met by, or at least aiming for them to be met by 2030. Clearly, we're not going to get there because of exactly the big leaders and, you know, other people who are not uh, going there. And the other thing is, if, as Sarah said, if we rely on governments and we rely on the big leaders to get us there, it, there is not a chance in hell we're going to come even close. And the only way we're going to come close to them, or or at least move towards them, is by. Um, the average person you know doing doing things and doing good and trying to meet them and so the 17 goals I'm not going to read them all out but it's kind of like no poverty zero hunger good health and well-being quality education life on land life below water climate action clean water sanitation so there's 17 of them that are all kind of you know tackling different things in the world and I think that it's really nice to attach yourself to one or two or three of them and so what little thing could I you know could I do there do you do you have a is there one that you're specifically working (laughs) towards that you particularly love
1: yeah I actually love goal number one which is um, 10 poverty in all its forms everywhere yeah it's it's very simple it's um, I really believe in 2021 that there should be no one suffering from extreme poverty or struggling to survive it's just completely unacceptable in my mind so I believe all the other goals in the table sort of support them Um, and all the literature on poverty if you read up a bit on the power of defeating poverty um, they'll all say the same thing basically poverty is a ladder and if you can give somebody a leg up on the first rung of that ladder they'll pull themselves up so we have enough money. We have enough programs in the world. If we can help everybody to get their their leg on that first rung of the ladder, they can pull themselves out. That's for sure.
0: I love that analogy. That's I really love that, and I love that you're saying too. I mean, so you know, people might hear you saying it's unacceptable. You you know for and and. There'll be people who think, well, that's just your opinion. You know, it is, it is unacceptable and it's just you saying, well, you know, Sarah's not going to change the world by saying, well, I think it's unacceptable. However, the, the whole point of this is that it's actually avoidable. Like, you know, as we said at the very start of the interview, you know, if if things were more balanced and if there was just that little bit of extra tip, you know, towards getting people, as you say, on that first run which we do have all the resources, the money that we have, everything in the world to eliminate poverty in a week. It, that, that's truth. I don't care what anyone. That is the actual truth. We have the everything in the on this planet already that to eliminate p- poverty, and we don't because there are certain. I'll, I'll just say governments, but that kind of it's broader than that. There are certain you know um, socio right. just just situations, do you know that um, choose to choosing to keep people in poverty. You know, it's it's a way of controlling people. It's a way of building mass mass abundance in, you know, for, for personal people and for other stuff. I don't want to go right into it, but the point is as there are people in this world that are deliberately kept in poverty to suit the needs of other people, and I'll, I'll go as far as to say to suit the selfishness and greed and disgustingness of other people, you know, because it's to, to give... To eradicate poverty, to give those people what they need to get a kickstart, does not take away anything from us, and that's the that's the sad bit because people say, "Well, I'd rather them starve than me," you know, all that kind of stuff. But nobody gets to starve if if poverty is actually dealt with, and that I just wish. It just but look at look at all the the corruption all over the world. You know, it's it's yeah. It, um, I, I don't even know the answer, but I think I think the first answer is people becoming aware and people becoming um, I guess acknowledging that they can actually start doing things like supporting Asante, Do you? and others you know that actually started addressing this and giving people some opportunity to find that first rung on the ladder yeah
1: and that and that was the whole vision behind us auntie I I know that not everybody can get on a plane and live in Malawi for a year and do a project that's not sustainable with family and children and all sorts of things but I believe if you're going to buy a gift for your mum for Mother's Day and you can get her a candle that gives a solar lamp to a child in Africa or you can buy your pads and tampons that help girls go to school, then why why wouldn't you, really? Exactly. Um, and, I, and I just want to give people the opportunity to find them and purchase them and to just just know that they've actually made a tangible difference. Um so that is the purpose behind Asante.
0: It's fabulous, but it's not it's not just to make it you, you make a difference to yourself, you know. Like when you give to somebody else, you know, and you make a difference in another person's life, you, you put so much goodness into your own life. Do you, you know it's yeah. there's no cost to it, it's actually benefits all around to, to be yeah. doing this. I I freaking love it, I absolutely love it, and I love that you took the chance. I love that you. Backed yourself and had a go, and even if you were shitting yourself, were you shitting yourself at some points. <laughs> uh, not, probably not as much as
1: going on that one-way flight to Malawi and not knowing what was going to happen, but since that was a success, that gave us a little bit of hope.
0: <laughs> Are you, have you been surprised at how well Asante has taken off you know that I know it's slow I know it's starting I know it's got to build and all that but uh, you know how do you feel when people buy stuff is it like this yes you know like a celebration or
1: yeah it is really exciting I've done a few um because we're based on Phillip Island in Victoria yeah. I've done a few markets down at Phillip Island and when people walk in and 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 say, "I love what you're doing, and I love that I can buy this product, and know I'm 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 making a difference," it is really rewarding and yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it makes you feel inspired,
0: yeah. And it makes you feel special too, you know. Like it feeds your good good stuff, you know that you that you're this um like a conduit, you know, for for helping make a difference any difference like there's so many ways to make a difference you said earlier too when you went to um south africa you know that um i can't remember exactly what you said but something about doing your pocket of good you know just doing a little little small patch or whatever and that's the whole point you know that we we get overwhelmed with the big picture of the world we get overwhelmed with how much there is to do and and i'm just me and there's no way that i can fix the world's problems but we just need to realize that we're not here to save the world we're here to do as best job as we possibly can in our little piece of the dig- jigsaw puzzle and put that damn piece in with as much gusto as possible and, and if everyone does that you know we will we, we i get this belief that we can reach a tipping point for good and i might be a bloody naive fool i don't know but that's you know that's what i live every day for is to just get closer to that tipping point and I may never see it in my lifetime but if 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 people like me and you and you know we don't start in this generation I know you're a generation under me but if we don't start how we we need to start creating the um I guess the foundation you know for future generations to springboard from Do you know and maybe maybe in 50 years things will be different simply because we took a chance and did things 50 years back do you know and i you're gonna live by that philosophy don't you that you plant the tree that you may never sit under the shade of and
1: i i absolutely believe in that and um somebody said something to me about poverty once that you know if 50 years ago you had a said that there would be a black president of the United States, no-one would believe yep. you. If someone had a said, you know, 100 years ago that slavery would be gone, no-one would believe you. And and I truly believe that about poverty, that, you know, our grandchildren will look at us hopefully and say, what do you mean there was people starving in the street and mm-hmm. the girls didn't go to school? I hope, I have high hopes that poverty will be history and and not a part of our not a part of our everyday lives for so many people all over the world.
0: Yeah, and I think it, whether it happens or not, I think to have at least some kind of well-being in yourself and some balanced mental health within yourself, so that you don't go down a big rabbit shithole. you, you know? I think you've got to keep having that hope and looking forward to it and keep trying. Do you, you know what I mean? Because if you wake up with no hope every day. Uh, that's the end of the world but if you wake up with hope even though you can see it's a damn big job and it's not up to you entirely because it's going to have to carry on for you know some time yet but just that be little bit of hope that gets you that springs you out of bed every morning doesn't it you know it's that I'm working towards this thing I'm hopeful for do you know and so at the very least, which I hope you I hope that's not it, but at the very least it's it's keeping you with good well-being, good mental health, and good um contribution to everything around you. Do you know that that's gotta be good for it's gotta be good for the world, it's gotta be good for you, even if you don't reach your goal. But I hope you bloody do reach your goal because I can't. <laughs> it drives me nuts that there are people starving in the world. Do you know it? But anyway, all we can do is just have good people like you you know working towards it and i i reckon what you're doing is bloody fantastic now you're you have you've got values on your website so you've got four values ethical disruptive impact and integrity how did you decide on these and like what do they mean to you yeah so um
1: with well where do i start um <laughs> <laughs> i believe um Businesses have this enormous power to be a force for good, um, and I wanted Asante to set the bar for that and to be an example for that. So, everything we do with Asanti is ethically minded, and and that sort of brings in the integrity as well. From the brands we choose to the packaging we choose, yep. um, it's honesty, integrity, and ethical. And I chose disruptive because I, I believe a lot of businesses need to really take a look at themselves, yep. whether whether the way they're trading, the materials they're using, the message they're sending, if they're giving anything back, um, they need to do better. And, and I believe that we're on a path of consumers demanding it. Yep. So I wanted Asante to be disruptive and sort of inspire businesses to go, hey, maybe we need to look at some things and make some adjustments here because we're not doing enough.
0: Yep. Yeah, so oh, I love it, and uh, you know the um, when you're talking about businesses are not doing enough, and the consumers are now you know questioning, and you know that the consumers are deciding what they go with. I was reading a great thing the other day, and well, and I, I've read it many times, and I you know Gen Y, you know they they're really give back their big focus is give back and then gen z is more like protesting you're sticking their hands up saying this isn't fair you know we're we're not i'm not even gonna bloody work for you if you're not doing good you know that sort of stuff so even if it's not just consumers even big big organizations big corporate stuff uh, corporate um, businesses is it their staff are soon all going to be us baby boomers who do the right thing and yes sir no sir bullshit you know we're going to be out soon and you're just going to be left with you know gen gen y and gen z well and the younger ones and if you're not doing good you're not going to have good staff like the and now there's already we've already seen a um a problem with people being able to keep good staff Did you you know they're, they're top talent leaving because they're not their business is not giving them serving their, you know, their, their values. So I think we're on a, I think we're on a little a trajectory trajectory to actually have corporates in you know, big corporations that are doing shit, actually going to have to start being disrupted, you know, just dis- mm. they're going to have to be disrupted because they won't keep staff if they don't start doing good. So Yep. Isn't that, isn't that hopeful? Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yes, it is. it is. I think it's fantastic. What's your vision for the world?
1: So I would love to see a world where social enterprise is the norm rather than the exception. Yeah. So if you as a consumer walk into a retail store, you pick up a product and you expect it to give back in some way and how much does it give back? And if it doesn't give back, I'm not going to purchase it. So I would love to see a movement almost like uh, the, the free range versus cage eggs movement yep. where, you know, the, the free range was for the hippies and no one was buying them until people started to sort of realise the ethics behind it. and And then you have that change in supply and demand suddenly people wanted the free range eggs and now they're the mainstream and cages is definitely getting a smaller portion of the pie so I would love to see that with social enterprise products becoming yeah yeah love it
0: and and that's about awareness too isn't it because you're talking you know like people didn't know what was happening with the chickens did you know until somebody raised rang the bell and said oh yeah do you know what's happening by the way the whole egg industry is pretty shit because they ground up baby chickens but anyway i'll just let other people uh find out about that but the point is unless we actually put um information in front of people we're not going to go looking for it because it suits us you, you know that, that's suits me to go to the supermarket and just get whatever i want you know and the cage eggs are a little bit cheaper i'll just do that it suits me and then I find out about stuff, and I then our conscience kicks in. As human beings, we're like, eh, actually, that's not that's not very good. did you, know, you know? Nah, I better not do that. And so I think that it's just awareness, isn't it? It's just keep hammering the hammering the message. Do you know? And the more people like you are out there talking about social enterprise, the more we're going to realise that as consumers, we have massive opportunity to change the world. Ma- yes. Massive. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah just I, I love it I love this conversation you are just a bloody shining light and I just wish there was a million more of you in the world and I I, I absolutely love it love it love it and I and last year I was a mentor with startup Startup Gippsland as well as this year but last year I didn't get to meet Sarah because she was from a different shire you know and I was only focusing on my shire. but oh my god I wish I hadn't met you back then because uh Well, you and I would have gone down rabbit burrows together and they they wouldn't have been able to get us concentrating on what we had to do. But I've loved it. So I've got my uh, final question. Get off the bench. This whole podcast is to inspire people to take action, of course. So there's many people who truly want to help create a better world and don't know where to start. Or maybe they have an idea but don't know how to execute it. What advice would you give them? I would say
1: um, the first most important thing is don't underestimate your power as a consumer, exactly what you said. Um, every single day we're given opportunities to put our dollars into to good or bad, whether that be a, a cafe that supports people with disabilities, yep. you know, giving them employment or whether that's, like I said, a candle for your mum's birthday that gives a solar lamp. Um, and our dollars are our choice and and they can be really powerful decisions yeah um, and if we're all wise and ethical consumers i believe that we can be active participants in making this world better rather than just passive passive bystanders yep. so that would be my biggest. Piece of advice
0: love it <laughs> and I, I love that you've said we don't have to be passive bystanders I absolutely love that we all we can all play a role in this and I, I've, I've loved this you you just you're just freaking awesome and you're just fantastic I just love you you're bloody fantastic now where can people find you and your platform and start following you and give you tons of love yeah, so you can visit our
1: website. It's um, www.asanti.com.au. Um, and we also have Instagram and Facebook, which is at Shop um, You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Dow, which is do well, spelling. Ah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, just reach out if you want to know any more about our brands or you want to purchase, where more than happy to, to to get in touch so
0: that's fantastic sarah do well yeah now i never saw that when i wrote your name down several times and that <laughs> went, oh that's not i'm not i kid you not i i i use this app called otter and i was recording something about you did just so that i remembered to add it to my notes and no shit, I'm not shitting you, it actually come up as Sarah Do Well and I didn't even friggin' notice it. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's Dale. Yeah, and I didn't even notice it. Wow, see, the universe was trying to kick me in the head, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did I did toss
1: up with calling the business Do Well, but um, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it, I wanted it to be about Africa and Asante is, is thank you in Swahili. So wanted it to be more of a reflection of that so
0: i love that i didn't even ask you where the name came from but yeah actually <laughs> i think it was in the intro no it was in the intro that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 Uh i love it i think you are just you're shining light you're just evidence that um you know, you can set up something, you can you can make a difference so easily. I know it's not easy. I know there's challenges in setting up businesses and all that sort of stuff. But it's not you know, when you consider the effort you got to put into that, uh, compared to people dying on the streets, do you know, it's it's really, it's not a big effort. It, it just is a bit of bit of work. And I just think you're bloody wonderful and I just I wish you all the luck in the world and I I hope people well it's not luck it's it's hard work as well but I hope people go to your website get some go buy a candle and get get a solar lamp over to some you know to a family or get to some uh, give some girls you know some education there's so many things on it. go take a look at it and Sarah thank you so much you're just bloody amazing
1: Thank you so much for, for having me on and having the chance to share Asandi's story. Um, I really appreciate the exposure because we're still trying to get our name out there and increase the more sales we can do, the more good we can do. Absolutely. So thank you very much.
0: Well, my absolute pleasure. So I look forward to having a coffee one day. And um, But in the meantime, we'll just have to do with this. But, but thank you so very much. Thanks, Karen. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Bye oh guys that was fantastic oh my god I love what Sarah's doing it's so easy to make a difference in the world and as we both said you don't underestimate the power of consumerism that is the very first the fastest the most powerful way that you can make a difference in the world so go and check out her website please check her out um it is Asanti.com.au and Asanti is spelled A-S-A-N-T-I. And Asanti.com.au. So go and check out all the products. Have a look. If you like she said, if you've got to buy something for your mum, buy a candle that buys a solar lamp or buy buy other stuff that just, just have a look on there because it's fantastic. And um go and follow her on Facebook which is at shoppersanti and on Insta, shoppersanti And if you want to get in touch with her, go to LinkedIn and Sarah Dell. And as she said, do well. I absolutely love that. But you know, it's so simple to make a difference. And I agree with her, if there were more social enterprises in the world, we would make such a, such a massive difference. So anyway, I hope you've loved that. I hope you can see that it's just very simple to uh, change the life of one kid in Africa without you even leaving your home, without you just tink, tink, tink on the computer. So again, uh, thank you for joining me. I absolutely love you guys. I want you to go love Sarah and I will see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.